Welcome back, y'all. This is another mini-sode of NBEA. I'm your host, Jay Kilas, a.k.a. Luka Donkish, a.k.a. Jimmy. I can't believe it's not Butler. Today, I have a special guest. His name is Walker Bailey. He's a contributor to the Pounding the Rock blog via SB Nation. Uh, he's also co-host of the Second Tape Podcast. Walker, welcome to NBA. Thank you for having me. I'm glad yeah, to be here. Absolutely, dude. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Excited to talk about the one San Antonio Spurs who... Uh, go from a team uh, that nobody ever really talks about to being arguably the most talked about team uh, in the NBA this season. Um, so I want to, I want to start in the off season and talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the end of the playoffs last year and the turmoil that was like LaMarcus Aldridge in San Antonio and, and kind of his unhappiness, if you will, with his role on the team um, and kind of like a lot of speculation that the San Antonio Spurs uh, we're going to trade him. So I guess from your perspective, you know, when looking at the situation over last offseason, um, did you foresee that he was going to get traded? And what was the census around, uh, you know, the greater San Antonio area? Yeah, well, um, it wasn't even really necessarily that he was going to be traded. It was just you could tell that he wasn't getting to do what he wanted to do on the court. And that was he wanted to stay on the block and he wanted to have the ball fed into him and he wanted to be able to go to work. And with Kawhi Leonard and um, shooters around him that he just couldn't do that and Popovich was moving him a lot into the top of the key free throw line area and he wasn't able to do what he was meant to do and Popovich has since acknowledged that he overcoached Aldridge and uh, that he didn't let Aldridge do what he does as a player and this year we got even with Leonard Hurt or even when Leonard played we got Aldridge back in the post and he really got to go back to what made him an all-star what made him a top 15 player in this league. And I think that's why you saw such better numbers this year from Aldridge um, as compared to last year where, where he really left us kind of thinking like, what's going on, man? Like, are you good? Are you, are you hurt? Like what's going on? Um, because he really lost his shooting touch. And this year he kind of went back to that fade away that over his right shoulder fade away. And um, he really got back to work this year. Yeah, and by a lot of, I mean, by a lot of different measures, this was arguably one of his best seasons in his entire NBA career. I mean, he went back to really, you know, like you said, that kind of Portland style of play where he was ball dominant. Now, a lot of that is is contributing, or I guess a lot of that was attributed to Kawhi not being uh, present for much of, if, I mean, arguably the entirety of the season, which we'll, we'll, we'll touch on here in a second. But yeah, I mean, this was definitely um, a, a a banner year for, for LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, arguably, I mean, I don't know about how you feel about, you know, all NBA teams, but from my perspective, you got to think about him as at least at least second team NBA, all NBA this year. I mean, his, his production value, uh, his ability to kind of, you know, guard fours and fives and, and really be a, a defensive uh, staple for that team this year, uh, especially amid all the chaos that was going on with the Kawhi uh, situation. Yeah. And really how he handled it was pretty, I mean, he handled it like a professional. He handled it like you would want your, uh, your team leader and to handle a situation like that when you, there's so much uncertainty as to what's going on. Uh, he really just kind of shut it down and played basketball and, I'll be interested to see if he falls on an all-NBA team or where, if he does. Another thing I was looking at is I wonder how MVP voters would register him because he was he was very valuable to the Spurs, and he doesn't deserve to win MVP or even finish. In, but I'd be interested to see – usually they vote one through five. I'd be interested to see if he registers some fifth-place votes um when they when all that gets released yeah i would agree with that i would think that you know the hard part about mvp votes is that you know the 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 end result is really what what matters above all else and you know finishing at the seventh seat overall uh it it makes no doubt i mean you know i mean last year granted you know russell westbrook went out there 
and, and basically dragged the, the the carcass that was the Thunder to a five seed and, and you know got his MVP. But he also put up you know a, a triple double for the season. So it's difficult to argue that MVP case versus you know somebody like Lamarcus. But definitely, I think you know, depending on who you ask, um, what they were able to do, and, and again, Pop doing it again, you know what he's able to do with that roster um, that was depleted uh, beyond all belief. Um, to still at some points in the season be, you know, top three, top four in the league. And not until like the second half and even like the back end of the second half really start to fall down the rankings in the Western Conference. Um, So I'd like to transition now to um, the, the, you know, the elephant in the room, the Kawhi situation, which was incredibly odd and weird um, throughout the entirety season. We didn't really know if um, he was going to come back. He came back for a brief period and then just kind of like dipped out. So I'd like to hear your perspective on kind of like what the consensus was or what the feeling was throughout the season with Kawhi um, and kind of what your expectations are going into this offseason. So my view kind of on Kawhi was I think that he got – he had this lagging quad injury or whatever, and the do- the Spurs doctors cleared him. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, the Spurs doctors are really, really good. But I think that they made a mistake, and he came back too early. And I think what happened is, and if you research this medically, is when you have tendinopathy in your quadriceps, if you come back too early and you play and you re-aggravate it, you basically start your recovery process over. Right. So I think what happened is, is he re-aggravated that injury, and I think he started that process over. And so he, after, he was legitimately rehabbing. I don't think he was holding out on the spurs or anything. But um, what I think is going to happen going into this offseason – is uh, the Spurs are going to shop him around. I think that they're going to like uh, weigh their options in terms of trading him. But, I mean, there's, there was a report not too long ago that um, an anonymous Eastern Conference team was offered Kawhi Leonard for a, for a, quote, star and a first-round pick, and they said no. So I think what ultimately will happen is that Kawhi is going to be shopped and the Spurs are not going to be satisfied with anything that they get offered in return. And so I think ultimately Kawhi Leonard will play in San Antonio again next year. Um, and I think that you may see kind of a LaMarcus Alder desk situation where Popovich and Kawhi Leonard maybe sit down and air the uh, – just sit down by themselves in a room and air it out, you know. Get uh, – what am I looking for? Just figure out what the problem is. What's wrong? What do you think ultimately and, uh, led to kind of his displeasure with the situation? I mean, because granted, I, I, everything that uh, that I've read, and I know Ramona Shelbourne recently, you know, came out with an article and was on the Low Post podcast talking about the situation, um, and that he was genuinely, in fact, hurt uh, and injured and dealing with that injury. Um, but the the weird thing of like not attending any of the playoff games and just kind of like having you know, his team and his uncle just kind of like pushing him away from the Spurs almost. Like, what what do you think is contributing to his dissatisfaction in San Antonio? Um, I, I'm not sure that, I mean, I'm not even really sure that he's unsatisfied. I think, I think he's really frustrated. Um, and I think that there's things going on in San Antonio with the way that pop runs things, uh, that he doesn't like, and that he'd like to see change, but I wouldn't call it, I don't think he's genuinely unhappy. I mean, you saw when he came back and he was in practice and he was talking to the media. I mean, he said he wanted to spend his whole career in San Antonio. So he obviously, unless he's just out there, you know, just blowing smoke, then he's not – I don't think he's genuinely unhappy. I think that he's just really frustrated that he can't be on the court. And as for not showing up to playoff games, um, you know, home games, sure, but he was re- he was rehabbing in New York. And if he was rehabbing, trying to get back, and we don't really know how close he could have been to returning. 
So, you know, maybe he was close enough to thinking potential return if the Spurs could have somehow upset Golden State. I mean, there's really just so many unanswered questions as to how healthy is he now? Uh, how healthy was he when he came back? Did he come back too early? There's just so much unanswered stuff. And, you know, that's one of those things where, and this as a fan and a contributor writing about the Spurs, he needed to say, he needs to say something. You know, we haven't heard from Kawhi throughout this whole thing except for one time when he was ready to come back and, or he was targeting a comeback in late March. But since then, I mean, the guy's been non-existent. The only time anybody's seen him was recently at a L.A. Dodgers game. Right. I mean, he was – and, of course, I mean, people freaked out about that, but Kawhi's from L.A. He goes back and works out there every summer. So that wasn't really anything – there was no substance to that, if you ask me. Yeah, it but, just um, reminds me so much of the Derrick Rose situation here in Chicago when, when we were going through that a couple of years ago when, when he tore his ACL and, and it was kind of like our doctor said he's cool, his doctor said no, and then everybody kind of cleared him, but he wasn't ready. And um, it just – so I guess to play devil's advocate, like the thing with the, the thing with him not attending playoff games and, and rehabbing, it it does so it does show a sign of solidarity of, of, of union, you know, unity of, of being there with your team during the playoffs. And realistically speaking, I mean, nobody expected them to beat Golden State in the first round anyways, even had Kawhi come back. I mean, to, to have that expectation on Kawhi to come back and kind of be the savior of that team, you know, in that series going against that level of a juggernaut. I mean, I don't know that this was a, a team that had, you know, championship aspirations. So to, to, so to have somebody who clearly is rehabbing but still isn't attending, at least to your point, the home games um and but also at the same time said that i want to be a lifetime spur it's just it's just mixed messaging from my perspective yeah I, and who knows what's going through the guy's head he doesn't say anything so you never really know what's on his mind uh but i he did throughout the the course of the whole regular season was at every home game. um like he was at almost all the home games with the exception of when they made it extremely clear that he was going back to new york to rehab right so I mean, I don't, I don't know. My guess is it's kind of the same thing. Is he traveled when they thought he was when he was in San Antonio working out? He traveled with the team on the road trips, went to all the games, was at the home games, and when he was in New York rehabbing, he didn't travel. I think it was, it was really kind of the same process all season long, and just it sparks it sparked controversy because you have a lot of your one, your casual fans, and two, you have a lot of there's a lot more eyes on the playoffs than the regular season games, especially with San Antonio, because San Antonio is not your big market. That's going to be on national TV a lot. And the way they play, it's just not, you know, it's not flashy. People don't necessarily describe it as fun to watch. So they don't really have a lot of eyes drawn to San Antonio, but it was really the same process throughout the whole, the whole season. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's, um, let's transition to the off season for a second. We've got uh, a unique situation here in San Antonio where, Rumors are abound whether or not Pop's going to come back. Rumors are abound whether or not, you know, they're going to trade Kawhi. There's a lot of rumors out there about Cleveland and L.A. and, uh, well, both L.A. teams for that matter, and, and even Philadelphia for that matter, of you know, kind of trading over Markel Fultz and a couple other assets uh, to, you know, then bring over Kawhi. Um, but overall, the Spurs are kind of in this transitionary mode where Tony Parker's contract's expiring. Uh, you know, Danny Green's up for a player. He's got a player option. He'll, I would imagine he would take it. I don't know. See how you don't. Same with Rudy Gay. But, you know, we're kind of in this position now where – there's this this changing of the guard where the old school Spurs, uh, you know, 
Duncan's been out for a while now. You know, Tony Parker's kind of on his way out. He even argued, I, I think I read somewhere the other day that he was even considering exploring free agency and, and looking elsewhere. Um, you know, because in, in their situation, Deontay Murray's clearly taken over that, that point guard role. Um, but what would you like to see from this team moving forward? Or, or, or what sort of moves would you like to see them make in this offseason to get things back on track? Well, and I think Rudy Gay is going to opt out. I, well, I think Rudy Gay is going to opt out and weigh everything. He kind of, when he was healthy this year, he proved that he can still play and he's worth more than $8 million a year. Sure. Um, I think that you can probably see him opting out. And I think, and he voiced how much he loved playing in San Antonio. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him back, but to opt out and maybe see, get a market value. He can always come back, like almost like the Pau Gasol situation. Like he opted out and signed back for roughly the same amount of money that his player option was for. I think you may see something like that or Rudy Gay. As for what I'd like to see, speaking of Pau Gasol, I'd like to see Pau Gasol in a bench role, a very, very limited bench role. Um, and I want to see, because the Spurs are drafting higher than they have in a long time, right. since Kawhi right. Leonard, for that matter. Um, and I'd love to see him go get a young, not necessarily athletic, but a rim protector or a big man. My eyes specifically are on Jonte Porter out of Missouri. Um, because he he blocks shots, he can shoot the three ball, he can he he looks like someone that would play for the Spurs, and he's young. He'd be a project, so he wouldn't come in and necessarily be an instant contributor. But I don't think that's what the Spurs need now. I think that if you iron things out with Kawhi and everything rolls over, then you're talking about a pretty young core. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge will play out his last couple years here. Because I think when he hits the end of this three-year extension, he'll probably it'll probably be either the end of his time in San Antonio, or it will be time for him to just call it a career. Because he'll be thirty—I want to say he'll be thirty-five, thirty-six. Right. Um, but I'd like to see him go draft a big man, just someone to play center, because the options there were not good. And I think a lot of that too. I think that got exposed when they played Golden State. Um, I think the strategy from Popovich and even Messina was good. But I think when you threw the older guys in there, Parker and Gasol, I think that they just genuinely got exposed. And I think that that's – and I think a lot of that is Popovich's loyalty to Tony Parker. Right. Just, I mean, he handed them the reins at 19, and he's not going to – you know, he's not going to take them away from him. Like, Parker would have to give them up for him to lose his role. But um, – and speaking of Parker, I think that – Odds are he'll be back in the Spurs uniform, but I would not be surprised if he's not. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I think – Just simply be because – yeah, just simply because I don't think Tony Parker's ready to sit on the bench and just be on the team. I think he thinks that he is still a real contributor somewhere, and I think that the Spurs may be looking at it like he really isn't. For sure. For sure. So one last question. This is more of a selfish question. So um, there's a player on the Spurs roster this year who nobody saw making the roster and really contributed um, quite a bit this year, who's a Chicagoland area guy. Uh, he actually graduated a year after me in high school. And I've been kind of following his career ever since um, high school to when he went to the University of Illinois, uh, to when he kind of was jumping around the, the G League. Uh, and that's one Brandon Paul. So I'd love to hear your perspective on kind of Brandon Paul's, um, you know, kind of ascendance this season as, as that kind of prototypical Spurs role player and kind of how you see him fitting into, you know, future plans. Uh, yeah. Um, Brandon, we picked him up after summer league. And really what the reason we picked him up in his role all year was to come in and to play defense. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily a huge offensive threat, 
Uh, he had times where he caught fire real quick, but we could always count on Brandon to come in and he could guard one through four. He couldn't guard five, but he could guard one through four, and he could be and he could be pretty good at it. Um, as for, and really at the beginning of the year, you saw it a lot because he got a lot of minutes. But um, really, as the year went on, he lost minutes. And as a fan and watching consistently watching games, uh, we were all kind of up in arms as to why Brandon lost minutes because he really at, towards the end of the year he didn't play unless the game was over. Right. So um, Brandon, in terms of future plans, I don't really know how the organization sees him because we are. We do have a lot of wings on the roster. I mean, Forbes is still there. Uh, I am expecting Ginobili to be back and Kawhi. So, I mean, you're talking about that's three more already. Just off the top of my head. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what the future plans are for him. Because someone someone will have to be cut from the active roster uh, when they draft their first-round pick. And I don't necessarily see anybody walking in free agency. Right. So I, I mean, I see Brandon staying, sticking around in San Antonio though, and definitely being, if a, if not an everyday guy in uniform, a guy that travels from G League back to San Antonio and makes his trips back and forth the way that uh, Forbes has done right. in the past. And I think that Brandon can honestly down the road become a key contributor. Yep, I agree, man. I just uh, I love seeing him. I love you know, like I said, following his career since since high school. Really, it's just been. Uh, it's, it's, I'm glad. I'm glad he finally landed with something because I know that he had a, a you know a cup of coffee with uh, Charlotte for a while there, um, and during summer league, nonetheless. But um, all right, before we wrap up today, um, I want to do a couple of quick superlatives, and then we'll uh, we'll sign off. So, first question: um, Who is your MVP this year? Well, Mark Saldridge, no doubt about it. Carried the team. <laughs> just, I mean. Uh, okay, I guess are I should have I should have been, been more specific. Over, I, uh, over, oh, overall, MVP. overall, <laughs> overall. Uh, okay, I got you. I got you. Not more. I thought we were talking Spurs. I was gonna okay. say I know Spurs uh, fans are loyal, but holy shit. No, 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 no. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not tripping like that. Um, overall, this isn't a popular answer, but I'm rolling with Anthony Davis as my MVP this year. I don't hate um, that. I don't hate it. I'm, I'm a big advocate for him. Just what he does on both sides of the court and what he did with a depleted roster. I mean, one of the, I mean, that roster is, there's so many ex bulls players on that roster that I've seen just play and just flounder and, and what he's able to do to kind of lift them up is, is astounding. No, yeah, yeah. It's for me, it's, um, for me, it's Anthony Davis. For, and I've never been – I mean, I know we hate – as far as we hate the Rockets, but for James Harden, I can't vote a player MVP that's so reliant on referees. Um, and, I mean, yes, he, his numbers are tremendous, Just, but the re- amount, I mean, that he relied on free throws to score points, and a lot of times he would still get a 30-point triple-double and shoot 35% from the floor. Um, Anthony Davis just really did it all year. I mean, 31 – I think after Cousins got hurt, it was around 31-11-5. and five. So for me, it's Anthony Davis. I mean, he carried that team to the second round of the playoffs by himself. That's so true. This for is me, true. that's that's who it is. All right, who do you, who do you have for rookie of the year this season? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is my rookie of the year, and no, he's not a true rookie. I mean, he's been in the organization in Philly for a year, but by rule, he's a rookie, and so we have to go and we have to look at the numbers and look at who played better. Mitchell got about 20 a game, but he really didn't do much else. He scored and he carried that team scoring and led that team into the second round. But Simmons was putting up, what, like 16, 8, and 8? I mean, that's just numbers you don't really see. Simmons was more productive, really, in 
almost every pass out of the game. Mitchell had him by a couple points per game, but just the rebounding and the assists and the overall making players better was for me with Simmons was what made him the rookie of the year. Absolutely. So this is this last one is the one that I get a lot of different answers on, and I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, who's your coach of the year? The coach of the year? Yep. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. But um, if we're only simply based on the regular season, then I'm going with uh, – then, believe it or not, I'm going to go with Dwayne Casey uh, based off the regular season hmm. just because of the job he did in Toronto – number one seed in, in the East. But if you're throwing in these, like if you're throwing in the playoffs, then I don't think there's a question. I think Brad Stevens wants to coach of the year. It just, it's, um, it astonishes me that, that 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 guy didn't get a vote by any of his peers, but Doc Rivers got a vote. Yeah, that was something I pointed out. And I was actually talking to someone. I said, I, I can guarantee you, I know who voted for Doc Rivers and it was <laughs> Doc Rivers. Yeah. Um, um, I guess as a president, you can vote for yourself. So I guess you should be able to vote for yourself for coach of the year. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Brad Stevens is my coach of the year if you're counting all of the playoffs, but if you're just counting the regular season, then I'm rolling with Dwayne Casey because, I mean, they, he changed the entire philosophy of that team, got them to buy in and turn them into almost a 61 team. But uh, that team, he, he obviously just lost his job, which, I mean, I think it's probably going to work out better in the future, but – I don't know that it was necessarily Casey's fault. I just don't know that they have the team designed to win it, to beat LeBron and beat the Cavs or really even beat the Celtics. So, but, it, but Dwayne Casey in the regular season will be my coach of the year. Yeah. But he, Brad Stevens, is, Brad Stevens is taking over that. Like, I mean, that's, he's, he's opening eyes in the playoffs. That's like, why didn't this guy get votes? Right. I mean, just to do just to do what he did there in the regular season is just astonishing in its own right. So to to see what he's done with this team in the playoffs, it's just it, yeah, it's a credit to him as you know, arguably the the best coach in the NBA right now. Um, yeah, tough tough to fight that one. Well, cool, man. Um, I guess before we wrap up, Walker, where can the people find you online? Um, and then we'll sign off. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Walker Bailey three. Uh, you can or follow at Pounding the Rock on Twitter. I'll have stuff running on there constantly. And uh, follow at Second Take Podcast on Twitter and tune in and listen to our podcast. Awesome, man. Um, cool. Well, for the listeners out there, of course, don't forget to follow at NBA Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at NBA Pod. You can find me at J underscore Keyless on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and don't forget about our other podcasts. We have our baseball podcast, Double Yay. Um, we have our food podcast, Eat Yay Love. We're talking ice cream this week. And uh, I just launched a new podcast called Yay. I started a podcast for new podcasters and aspiring podcasters. So make sure you check that out if you ever thought about starting a podcast. And uh, cool. Well, for Walker, for Jay, this has been NBA Route.